Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. It's good to see all of you here today. We're so grateful that you're here. Sean said we're today in part three of a series that we're going through called Brand New. And if today is your first time, and I've met several of you who today is your first time, just know this. This series has actually been directed at people who regularly attend LifePoint. But here's why I think this is the perfect Sunday for you to visit here for the first time. Because we're actually going to look at the past for just a couple of minutes and see where as a church we've been. And then we're going to spend a lot of time looking at the future and where our church is. Is headed. So if you missed the first couple of weeks of our series, I can just summarize it very quickly. In week one, what we looked at was our mission as a church, and that is we simply want to do two things. We want to share Jesus and build believers. We want to share Jesus and build believers, and we want to do that for the rest of our life. How do we want to do that? What is the kind of church that we want to become? Well, we shared that last week in week two of our series with our mission, and that is simply we want to be a place where anyone can belong before they believe. We want to be a place that welcomes people with a true seat at our table. So with all that said, why are we doing all this? What is this all about? Because we believe that Jesus came to earth as the founder of Christianity 2,000 years ago. And when he walked on earth, he introduced something brand new. So what was the result of it all? What is the outcome of what Jesus introduced? What we know is that he actually launched something that has become the most significant spiritual movement of all time. We're now currently more than one-third of the global population would identify as a Christian, a person who follows this Jesus. So how did he do it? What did he do? How is it that Jesus came and introduced the greatest spiritual movement of all time? Well, the first thing, and you already know this, the first thing he did was he left the familiar. He left the familiar. He even said in John 6, I came down from heaven. I left home and I came to earth to go on mission. Jesus left the familiar. What else did he do? Secondly, Jesus also loved others. It wasn't about him. It wasn't for him. It was for others because he loved others. We even said Jesus came to replace sacred places with sacred people, to replace sacred laws with a sacred love. And this is the verse that I'm encouraging you to consider memorizing throughout this series. And this is what Jesus said why he came to earth. It says, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mark 2, 17. And because this is our memory verse each week, I just want to invite you to say it out loud with me. So right now, would you just say this verse out loud with me? Say it with me. On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mark 2, 17. So Jesus left the familiar he loved others. And thirdly, he, Jesus, leaned on God. He repeatedly talked about depending on his Father or saying that the Spirit of the Lord is on him. And fourthly, how did he create the greatest spiritual movement of all time? He continually looked forward. He didn't look back with regret. He didn't try to relive the past. In fact, he even said, you can't do that if you're constantly looking back. Constantly looking forward. Now, he does invite us to learn from the past. He talks about God's faithfulness in the past should spur us on 
as we continue to look forward. And so here's what I want us to do today, having said all that. I want us to take just a minute to learn from our past. It's one thing to look back 2,000 years ago. And what I want us to do is look back 33 years ago because there was a time where God threw a man, a man who was willing to leave the familiar, a man who was willing to love others, who was willing to to, um, lean on God and then also willing to look forward. And if you're new here today, I want to introduce you to our founding pastor, PG. And right now, I just want to honor him. I want to invite him to the stage. I want you to hear from him as we talk about our history as a church. Would you welcome PG? Hey, Pastor Mark. I've got a a seat for you. Now, I want that seat. I also have a gift for you. Oh, wow. This morning, I drove. Real coffee. I drove, well, I drove through McDonald's and I got you a small coffee. Yeah, it's empty. Well, here's, hey, here's is there a gift card in there for me. Or no, something there's like actually that? not. Okay. My daughter Madison can tell you because she came with me. I because I didn't want this to be kind of messy. I didn't figure you wanted it full, and it would have been cold by now. But more importantly, I did what you should always do when you get McDonald's coffee. I poured it out. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is good. That is so good. When I, do I get the pulpit right. next? Okay. I, <laughs> I know you want equal time. All right, yes. so thanks you for coming up here You drink that girly today. coffee. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so 33 years ago, PG, why'd you do it? Why'd you start the church? What was it like leading up to that very first service? Early on in my Christianity, I read a book by Elizabeth Elliot that said, uh, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm. And I began to develop an understanding that those things that are eternal are the things that you want to invest your life in because they're going to be around forever. Mm. And those are people. And the best way to reach people is to uh, start churches. And so I moved here in 87 Mm. to help plant a church. And then about a few years after that, we were growing 300. We're going to be a big church, we thought. Someone came up with the idea, let's divide and conquer. Let's start smaller churches and so I began to do demographic studies mm. just to find the right community mm. that I could plant a church in. I'd help plant other churches, but I was going to be the, so to speak, the lead pastor yeah. on this one. And Plano was the fastest growing city in the nation, bar none. Mm. And I thought where there are new people coming, there's a need for churches. Yeah. And as I interviewed councilmen and the mayor, they looked at me and says, why do we need another church here? I mean, there's eight churches at every intersection. They're mm. built on top of one another. Yeah. I said, this church is gonna be different. Mm. It's gonna be personal, practical, and positive, And we're gonna make a difference in this community. Uh, so that was a little bit of the journey there. Yeah. Surveying people, asking yeah, people's yeah. questions. Honestly, one of the questions that, uh, as, that I found out was um, this is at this time this is where all the rich people went to school okay all the kids I, I said you know they're they're driving their daddy's BMW cars right right and, and when I heard that I thought well what's wrong with that hmm. because I came from Independence Missouri originally Truman High School and that's where all the rich kids went to school hmm. and when I was there I thought I can identify with these people. And if I can identify them, hopefully by God's grace, I can begin meeting needs in their life and helping them to understand Christ, getting it from their head to their heart. Well, you were so strategic. So, so, you know, if if you're wondering like, what was that first service like? 
and what was it like for you after the first service? I would rather hear from Young PG, and we have a video, so check out Young PG explaining that. You know, I, I really believe that first Sunday was, uh, after it was over with, I was glad. <laughs> I was glad that it was over with, that it was behind me. I was so nervous. You know, what do you say to people that you've never met before? You look great. So, so you made it through service number one, and yep. that was in our elementary school, but eventually you came here to this location. Describe kind of how the process of finding this location. Okay, okay so we get into the school, and I thought it was an open-ended thing. But after the second year, they said, well, what progress are you making to get out of the school? And I said, what do you mean? He says, do you have a building fund? Do you, we're not going to let you be here forever. And that was a shock to me because I thought it was open-ended. And just about that time, a Bible church uh, called me and says, we're getting ready to fold, but we think we might want to merge with you first. This is at uh, 15th Street and, 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 and Coit. And over a year's time, they, uh, we discussed whether it really could be, so to speak, a marriage, and we came to the conclusion that it wouldn't. And, but they gave us... $25,000. I had to report back to the school that I, to say, here's the progress we've made. We now have $25,000 in the bank account so as to go out and look for land. And as we began to look, I mean, we would knock on doors and knock on banks and they say, how many, how many families do you have? 40. And how much money do you want? Oh, I don't know, a million, something like that. You know, come on, I have faith. And nope, nope property that was around here. And I can remember on Sunday mornings, I would come up to the intersection of, uh, of Hedgecoaks and Custer. It was a dead end. We were in Schimmelfinnick Middle School and I was praying and praying and I'd look this way, God, just like Abraham, look east, west, north, south, I'd look somewhere in this place, God, you're going to give us five to 10 acres as air balloons were landing. Okay. And then we got a call from Grace Outreach, which is now at Preston and uh, Park, I think it is. Gerald Brooks, used to see him at Chubby's Restaurant all the time. He says, I understand you're looking for a church. You got an agent, Danny Musica. Here's the deal. We will loan you the money to buy our property because we want to move at that intersection. And you got four years to pay for it. We didn't know where we were going. I just, somewhere here, man, this is where the growth is happening. I got, we got to get there as fast as we can. And that opened the door. And praise God for, for Gerald Brooks, for Grace yeah, Outreach Center, because that. that got us on this property. And little did I know, as I was praying, a customer that God would just have us down the street maybe a couple of miles. Wow. It was just awesome. That is. And, and that Bible church that loaned you 25000 or gave it to you, do you, yeah. have, do you have their number? I don't. Okay. They've, they've folded since, oh. you know. <laughs> well, I love that story of faith, though. It never was clear. You just yeah. kept taking the steps God gave you. But throughout history now, as we know what we know, yeah. on the other side of faith, a movement of God took place. Uh -huh. And lives were changed right here. Many who are in the room uh -huh. and their families. Just describe what that journey was like to see all the lives changed. Well, it's over. It's, you're just filled with joy when you see hmm. transformation. 
But the process really was twofold, I would say. I brought in a consultant, Carl George, from Fuller Seminary out in California. And he says, George, in essence, you're holding on to the church too tightly. Let it go. Let people begin to do ministry. And from that time, I, I, I remember crying because it was so overwhelming. God, this is the answer. And we birthed small groups. We birthed uh, care groups. We just started birthing different groups. And we just started growing in people's lives. Believers were being transformed as they were using their gifts and unbelievers were getting their felt needs met and committing their lives to Christ. That was one thing. And then the second thing, honestly, was around 2010 when I was sitting in my office up in Van Alstine at that time and I'm listening to Rick Warren, Bill Hybels, um, uh, Tommy Nelson up in, in, in uh, Denton, uh, Andy Stanley out in Atlanta, and they all had this one theme. The church needs to begin living its life outside the walls of the church. It's, it, 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 it's more concerned about itself than it is about the community that it's in. And that was another time that I just broke down. I says, God, that is convicting. That has been me over the years. I have been just focused on life point, life point, and forget everything else out there. And we made our focus, our local community and our global community. Mm. And I think the church knows that during that time, we, we began to change our community. People really were starting to notice yeah. a difference where Toyota gave us a million dollar grant over three mm. years to help the, the uh, single moms in this community. It was awesome. Amen. Well, so here we sit in 2022, you look back on the journey was it worth it? Because those early days were hard. They were. Was it worth it? I would do it in a heartbeat again. Amen. I would. I love that about Because you. people matter to the Lord. Amen. There's many times I've wanted to quit. Yeah. And my wife can testify to this wherever she's at back there. Um, every sure. Monday I wanted to quit. Okay, nothing is, is, is happening. Yeah, Some yeah. people are leaving the church. Some people are going to the church. Yeah, Obstacles yeah. here. And Cheryl would take me for a walk because she knew the calling that mm. God had on my life. And George, mm. you can't quit. Mm. People need the Lord. And I Thank said, you're you, Cheryl. Right. I'm not going to quit. Yeah, so, love yeah I'd do it again. Yeah. I'd do it again. Well, um, that's encouraging to hear. So it's no secret, like over the last 10 plus years, that we have seen a, 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 our congregation get smaller. Yes. But it certainly wasn't from a lack of effort, was it? No. Yeah. If we could have grown, we would have. Amen. As I oftentimes tell LifePoint, we have a good church, Amen. okay? Well, we have a great church. We have a great church, okay? I believe that with all my heart. And if I'm good, it's only because they're great. And we have tried everything, okay, God, Right. To grow and reach people for Christ because it's it. the most important thing and then grow the believers that are Amen. here. Well, and now God has us on a new adventure. It's yes. so exciting. And think about this new exciting adventure he has life went on. And based on your own experience as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a man of God, as a person of faith, what words of encouragement would you have for us as we begin this new adventure? I want to give you two quotes. Hmm. One is William Carey. Attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God. Amen. I didn't have the slightest idea. I had faith, 
Faith is believing when you don't see it. Okay, God, as my dad would say, George, you don't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. And I says, you're right. We didn't have the money to start looking, but God did this and God did that. And people started to come. Attempt great things from God and at the same time, expect great things from God. And then, whatever faith you have, little faith placed in a big God equals big results. And I love this church with all my heart. I love this community with all my heart. And you just take the faith you have and you place it in someone, something bigger than yourself, God, and you just wait and see what God will do with it. Amen, so amen, that's it. amen. So, thank you. Thank you, PG. Thank Can you all you, thank Mark. PG for coming up this morning? Thank you. Hold it. Thank Let you. me get my cup of yeah. empty coffee. Thank you, PG. Well, I tell you... <clears throat> The truth is, whenever you look at the past, we, we get to celebrate all the things God has done, and there's no doubt many of you are examples of what God has done in and through our lives. And as PG and I have been talking often, he and I get to enjoy a good country burger almost every week, we talk about the last 10 years and the last 10 plus years and the struggle that also has been experienced here at LifePoint. And so when we realized that we came into, we, I'm using the corporate we now, we came into this building 20 years ago in 2002. We had the, the smaller, the little house it's often referred to, and then this beautiful uh, auditorium was built. I want to give you an attendance trend that you would be helpful to maybe really understand the journey that we've taken, especially over the last few years. And so as you begin in 20, or 2002, this was our attendance. And there was an obvious, uh, honestly, it really, we should start down here because we, it began from nothing, right? And it continued to grow, continued to grow, continued to grow. And then you see an obvious decline over the last many years. Many of you know that because we used to have three services, then we had two services. Like you, you, you know the journey that our church has been on. And the truth is, I do not want to discourage you, but I think it's important for us to have an honest conversation this morning. When the building was originally built, and it was very wise to do this, it was built based on the current growth trajectory of our church so that our church could actually house a congregation twice as large as we became. But obviously some things changed, and it's not just at LifePoint. We had some things change in our area, and it's not possible to pinpoint everything, but what we do know is there are some other data points for example, no one would have known that at Plano Independent School District, they would have a similar trajectory with their student enrollment. In fact, I read just this week that Plano ISD decreased this year by 500 students, and they were decreasing their budget this year by more than $39 million. In contrast, our district neighbors to the north continue to expand. In fact, I just got an email this week from a school district superintendent who said they are apologizing for their transportation challenges because they were expecting to grow by 2,500 students this year, but instead they have grown by 3,500 students this year. And so as we look to the future, we want to acknowledge our realities as a church and the challenges in our area. LifePoint, we are at a crossroads. 
And we have an opportunity to have honest conversations like this because we have to embrace the reality of what a typical life cycle of a church is. And this is the typical progression of a church. Typically, there is a man whom we just heard from who has a dynamic mission, which we just heard. And then because of his goodness, God allows there to be a movement which we no doubt experienced here. And then there is a temptation to cling to a monument. And if that happens, it often becomes a museum. I don't know where we would say we are on this spectrum, but I know none of us wants to become a museum because only dead things are housed in a museum. And that isn't who we want to be. Considering our decline over the last 10 plus years, the reality is our building no longer fits our congregation. The reality is, as PG said, if we could have grown here, we would have. It isn't for lack of effort. And the cost of a building this beautiful and this large on a congregation this size, the weight becomes heavier and heavier. Let me just give you a little bit of context. For a healthy church, there normally is 20% of their entire annual budget that will be spent on maintenance and mortgage of the facility. Currently, in our budget, we are spending over 33% of our total budget on this facility, the mortgage and maintenance of this facility. That difference of 13% from 20 to 33 where we are equates to $250,000 a year that could go toward missions and ministry, but instead goes to a building that's much too large for our needs. I hope that you can see we have a problem, but I hope that you will see our God is providing a solution. And this is what we're gonna talk about today. I believe God began to offer the solution before we knew to ask the question about the problem. Before we knew there was a problem, it was certainly before I ever came here. And so like he always is, God is faithful. God has been faithful and he will be. And I believe as your pastor that I can stand and say he is clearly leading us through obvious circumstances his way forward. Now, if you're newer to church, if you're newer to LifePoint, let me just tell you that we've been on a journey the last couple of years with an opportunity that includes the cell of our campus. And so now, I'd like to invite Kate McBride up. She is going to give us an update. Kate is the chairman of our board, offers our church great wisdom and leadership. Would you welcome Kate? Good morning. Thank you. Pleased to be here to give you an update on the sale of our campus. A couple years ago, a charter school approached LifePoint about purchasing our campus, and the board of directors and the staff started discussing and praying about this potential opportunity ever since. In fact, we think God used that inquiry to prompt the board and the staff to prayerfully seek God's will for the future of LifePoint Church. And we believe God is leading us to establish a new campus in a growing community in Northern Collin County. And we shared this with the church back in May of 2021. Now over the past few months, our efforts with that charter school who originally 
approached LifePoint Church, they weren't making progress. However, there was an additional charter school organization that had expressed interest early on, so the board decided to reopen discussion and negotiation with that prospective buyer. Now, I'm pleased to update you and announce that an understanding and letter of intent has been reached this summer with that organization to sell LifePoint's campus for a favorable price with a leaseback. The buyer owns and operates many charter schools, and so they have an um, experienced, responsive acquisition team, and results so far have been really good, so that's good. Amid rising interest rates and market uncertainty, we really believe that God has blessed LifePoint Church with this opportunity. So now while the proposed buyer is very much wanting to work with us on the leaseback, they will eventually modify the campus to the point where it won't be uh, usable for LifePoint's purposes. So the agreement we have with the buyer gives LifePoint two years after closing the purchase and sale agreement and we'll be able to continue to meet here weekly for Sunday services and on one weeknight all the way through May of 2025. Now over this next two year period, two year plus, our team will continue the process we've already started to locate a, a new campus or campuses. No decision has been made about future campuses. We have the same vision to find a location that positions LifePoint near the next wave of growth to reach the next generation for Jesus in Northern Collette County while continuing to serve our community here in Plano. Now, even though there's a lot we don't know, let me tell you what we do know. Number one, God has swung the door wide open for us to take this step of faith. Number two, we do know that that area in Northern Collin County is growing rapidly, and this is an opportunity to share Jesus with more people. So last, I would just say we do know that God is always faithful to provide. You know, meanwhile, God has already cleared the way to sell the campus for a favorable price so we can right-size the LifePoint campus to our congregation by right-sizing the facilities and, and, and our size. So he's giving us a runway. That's my favorite part is this runway God has given us to locate and prepare the next campus or campuses. So, you know, the board and the staff were excited about this opportunity and we're trusting God with next steps. And we would ask that you would please join us in praying uh, as we enter this new phase. Please pray for God's courage and wisdom for the board and for the staff. And um, pray that our purchase and sale agreement would close timely to the benefit of both parties. Um, you know, LifePoint family, we are on a spiritual journey here and it's a journey to obey God's command to share Jesus and build believers. So together we're taking this step of faith together and it's all for God's glory. I'll just leave you with a, a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7. For we live by faith, not by sight. Amen. Thanks for your prayers and support. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. Well, let me just say, you know, as we think, okay, what does this all mean? To, to sort of summarize, I would simply say this. Number one, we have to remember that we have received a generous price above our, our recent appraisal for a building that's too big for our own ministry needs, a blessing. Secondly, we are being given enough time to find a building or buildings that better match our congregation size with our current growth trend. It's another blessing. 
And third, I would say that we are, have an opportunity to serve both our current Plano community and our growing community in Northern Collin County. You may be wondering, when you talk about Northern Collin County, are you talking about a population that's growing? And though that is certainly and obviously true, we're also talking about many of you who drive from Northern Collin County to our current location. You may not know this, but currently we have 100 families. We have a little pin map who currently live as close or closer to 380 than this location and are part of our church. So we really do have both a great community here in Plano and we have a growing community in northern Collin County. So bottom line, the update that Kate just gave us, it positions us to better accomplish the mission God has called us to. That at the end of the day, this will give us an opportunity to share Jesus and build believers more effectively here and to the north. Now, you may, some of you I know are thinking, well, this is exciting news. And some of you are thinking, this is scary news. And so, Mark, where do you land on this? And I would say, yes, that is exactly how I feel. I feel excited and I feel the, 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 the whole you know, anxiety around it as well. Why? Because it would be easier as always to not change anything and to continue to try and hang on to things as long as we can. But I know what you know. That the road of comfort, it leads to the museum. But as PG reminds us, it's the road of faith that leads to the movement of God that we all desire at the end of the day. So, here's what I want to just tell you. I am convinced God is revealing that he is about to lead us on another adventure of faith, another journey of faith. It's another step in a long journey as a church we've been on, taking steps of faith. He is leading us on another step of faith. And here's what I also want to say. He is inviting you to participate. So, what, do you, what, what can you do? What should you do? I just want to give you one word, to engage. Engage in the process, or if you've t- you know, kind of taken the, the foot off the gas, to re-engage. Because at the end of the day, we aren't trying to throttle down. We are gearing up. There's too much at stake for us to all be engaged in this because we want to see more people serving. We want to see more people inviting. We're not inviting them to a building we never have. We're inviting them to a community of people who are committed to sharing Jesus and building believers. A community of people who, as PG said, we want to create a unique environment where anyone can belong before they believe. And wherever we all meet together, that is the church because it's not about sacred places. It's about you all, sacred people, and inviting other people into what God is leading us toward. We want to encourage all of you to get engaged, and as Kate said, to pray, 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 pray. So if you have any questions, we have an FAQ page that we're making available. You can just go to this link. Um, you could also just go to our webpage, go to the bottom, and you'll see an FAQ about future things that you can click on there. If you just have specific questions, I'd encourage you to reach out to Pastor Dennis, our executive pastor of operations, and just let him know what your questions are. And just like PG did 33 years ago, really like Jesus did 2,000 years ago, I believe we are invited once again to do these four things. Number one, to leave the familiar. In fact, I just want to say something about this because I think this is where we sometimes confuse familiar with home. I mean, in our culture, right, we often say, if you've lived in a 
community for 50 years, it's now home. If you've worked at a place for decades, it's home. And yet Jesus taught something very different, didn't he? He said heaven was home, and he came to earth to go on mission. And in the same way, if you are a follower of Jesus, heaven is your home and mine. And we are on earth to be on mission. And if God, in his sovereignty, decides to allow a greater kingdom opportunity to be one, three, or even ten miles away, we recognize that we want to be quick to say, I am on earth and I am on mission until he calls me home. And when he does, someday we will all be home in heaven together. But until then, sometimes we must, like Jesus, leave the familiar. Number two, that we would love others. And I think this is one of our strengths as a church, is we aren't wanting it to be about us. We do genuinely and deeply love others. It's one of the many reasons I love our church. Then third is to lean on God, as Kate reminded us, that this be an opportunity to trust in his faithfulness. We can't figure this out on our own, but we never claimed that we could. We lean on him. And then finally, that we look forward. I think for all of us, especially the older we get, the more tempted we are to regret or to live in the past. But as Jesus reminded us that we must always be looking forward to press toward the mark and what God has next for you and for me. Life point, we've been through some changes and more changes are ahead. But please hear me say this. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And you know why? Because God's still on his throne, and this is his church. And he's still in charge, so we're in good hands. Amen? Amen. And when things feel like they're out of control, if you're like me, I'm tempted to think that they're out of God's control too. But they aren't, are they? And in this season, I just want to encourage you, when things feel out of your control, that you would re-trust in the one who is still in control. Always has been and always will be. So let me ask you something real personal. Where are you drawing your confidence from today? Where will you be drawing your confidence from tomorrow? In fact, As God reveals our next adventure, and I believe he's inviting you today to step into this next adventure, as we wrap up today, I want to talk to two groups specifically. I want to talk to those of you who live near this location. And I want to tell you that even though we're excited about a growing community to the north, we want to honor you in this next decision with our next campus or campuses. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. We're excited to see what God reveals. It might be that there's one campus just more to the north, but not as far. It might mean there are two campuses, one close and one further north. But just know, we have made no decisions. But when God does reveal what he wants, it is with you in mind. We want to honor both communities as we move forward. And the other group I want to talk to is those of you who are empty nesters or even retirees who are in the room. And you've raised your kids, many of you have raised your kids right here at our church. Now they're grown. And it would be easy 
to take your foot off the gas a little bit. You've sort of been pushing the rock uphill for years. And now maybe you're tempted to sail into the sunset and drink Mai Tais. Nobody wants to do that. Okay, for more than a week or two. Because here's what I know about you. You're world changers. You're the kind of people who want to make a difference. And God, as long as he is giving you breath, is inviting you to continue to make a difference. And I'm inviting you to continue to be part of this body. We are a body of Christ and you are part of the body. You don't want to become an amputated foot. We need you. But here's more important. The next generation needs you. And they don't even know it. But God is giving us a responsibility to pass the baton of the gospel on to them. This is our one time on this earth to do exactly that. So don't let go too soon. Help us reach the next generation. Finally, I just want to say because of many of you and the investment that so many of you made, it is obvious there was a movement of God here. So many of you are a result of that movement. God did that. And with all my heart, I believe he wants to do it again. God did it once, and he's going to do it again. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.